Welcome to Fresh Research, a podcast from the Nonprofit Times. We explore some of the most interesting and sometimes provocative findings focused on the world of nonprofits. Thanks for tuning in. Here at the Nonprofit Times, we see tons of great fresh research. So in each episode, we take a recent study or survey and have a conversation with the authors about what they found and why they think it's important for charities. We'll also give away some books and give you access to other valuable information from the Nonprofit Times. Giving Tuesday 2021 is here. The Tuesday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday, now a day when people focus not on good deals, but on doing good. Last year, almost 35 million people participated, whether donating or volunteering. An estimated $2.47 billion was raised, both online and offline, up from $1.97 billion in 2020. That's a long way from the $10 million raised during the first Giving Tuesday in 2012. Hi, I'm Mark Harivna for the Nonprofit Times, and welcome to this bonus episode of Fresh Research, featuring Woodrow Rosenbaum, Chief Data Officer for the organization Giving Tuesday. He's got a unique perspective on donor fatigue and lots of recent data about giving. So let's get right to it. Now here's my conversation with Woodrow Rosenbaum. Only a week away from uh, Giving Tuesday 2021. Um, If I'm a nonprofit and I haven't been planning ahead and I don't think much about Giving Tuesday, it's probably too late to do anything at all, right? I mean, uh, what what can I possibly do as a resource-starved nonprofit a week ahead of Giving Tuesday? Um, Any suggestions? Absolutely. So first of all, it's never too late. No campaign is too small. I mean, the great thing about Giving Tuesday is that the barrier is so low to get involved. And it's really what's most important is that you you do something, you're part of the conversation and part of the celebration, and that you do it within your capacity. That means different things for different organizations. At this point, if you haven't done much of a plan, I would say, think about what your plan is for the rest of December and the giving season and use this as an opportunity. Just kick that off. Just talk about your organization, what, what you do, what your value proposition is, what supporters will be helping you to achieve. The key thing is to not miss out on this moment when people are so primed to give and when there's an excitement and an eagerness to be generous. But isn't there a lot of noise too? I mean, if everyone, if every nonprofit's out there throwing messages around, how do you, how, how is I, as, as a nonprofit executive running a tiny nonprofit, how do I get my message out there and noticed amongst all these huge organizations doing all these crazy, crazy things during Giving Tuesday? Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, one of the things that we observed with some of our partners and Blackbot released some data about this a few years ago is it's very interesting how small organizations actually do substantially better in terms of share of wallet on Giving Tuesday than they do all year round, at least twice as well. And so in fact, what Giving Tuesday is doing is kind of leveling the playing field. There's so many small and medium-sized organizations that are active. The big organizations get most of the money, but that's less true on Giving Tuesday than the rest of the year. So this is a moment to to engage people in a way that is really personal, really connected to your mission, to community. And small organizations are are the heart and soul of the amazing effect that we get on Giving Tuesday. That's a great little data point. 
Um, anything else that that would surprise folks about Giving Tuesday from a data perspective? Well, I mean, there've been a number of things that have surprised me. I mean, I will say, you know, when I got into this from commercial marketing, I didn't have a lot of expectations that the systems would necessarily work the same way as we see in commercial marketing. And yet in most cases they did. Um, but I was surprised by a couple of things. Um, most notably, I expected Giving Tuesday donors to be less sticky than donors acquired at other times of the year. I was surprised to discover the opposite. And it's been a really interesting thing over the last few years to try to get deeper into what's going on on Giving Tuesday, what are organizations doing, who's being engaged that's getting this result that the donors acquired on that day are more likely to give again and to stay loyal to the organization that acquired them. Interestingly, this is true even when those donors, when their portfolio of causes grew, they still tended to stay more loyal to those organizations that acquired them. Another very cool point. I like that. Um, and you wrote a recent um, recent blog post on the Giving Tuesday blog. You dropped a lot of interesting knowledge there. You, you called Giving Tuesday 2020 the biggest day of donor acquisition. It was, yeah. I never really thought about it that way, but can you explain that? Throughout 2020, we saw that giving moments of various types really drove participation and in particular acquisition. Um, what It was a very volatile, uncertain, unpredictable environment last year. We did an extra Giving Tuesday last year in May called Giving Tuesday now as a kind of as a response opportunity for the entire sector to uh, to get gather support not just for organizations that were directly engaged in the, the COVID, fighting COVID and the effects of the pandemic, but all organizations who were impacted across the board. On Giving Tuesday on December 1st, that day showed the single highest uh, percentage of donors acquired across all cause areas. And I think this really spoke to how the eagerness of the American giver to step up and help in their communities and organizations were seeing that throughout the year acquisition by organizations was up. Um, Giving Tuesday just provided this focal point for organizations of all types to engage and it really showed up in the numbers. And your blog post was titled um, how nonprofits can realize a once in a lifetime opportunity. That seems pretty um, big, big claim once in a lifetime opportunity. Why, why do you phrase it like that? Well, I mean, for years, there's been um, quite well-placed concern about the consolidation in the giving marketplace, right? Fewer donors in the U.S. giving most of the money. Um, and there's a whole bunch of issues with that, um, not the least of which is just the resilience of the sector. Um, organizations that have a diverse donor base are more resilient, particularly through economic shocks. We need grassroots givers and we need to be growing our donor base and that hasn't been happening. And there continues to be a lot of attention to that in the wake of 2020. Um, and 2020 was a very difficult year in a lot of ways for organizations. We could talk about many of those threats, but what I think is getting lost in this conversation is the opportunity that exists from the major shifts that we saw in 2020. And most notably is Donor acquisition was up. There were more donors in the system. Multi-year trends for contraction reversed. 
So we have this moment now where we've been handed an opportunity. It's not very, very often that you have a, an industry that's had a multi-year negative trend that just suddenly turns positive. Whether or that becomes a legacy for of this crisis, that a positive legacy of this crisis depends on what we do now. And I hear a little bit too much from organizations saying, I wonder what the donors are going to do. And we really need to change this thought process. We need to be thinking about what are we going to motivate donors to do? Because how we engage them now and at this absolutely critical time, end of year 2020, is going to be the difference between preserving this shift and going back to a declining donor base. And what would you say to charities that say, uh, I don't want to ask again, because donors have been getting asked all the time uh, for donations, especially on Giving Tuesday, again, going back to all the noise and all the messages and all literally all the asks going around on all different channels on Giving Tuesday. Yeah, there's a really pervasive scarcity mentality in the in the nonprofit sector, and it's it's harmful. Um, and most of all, because the data don't support it, the the giving economy is a lot more elastic than a lot of people recognize. And Giving Tuesday is one example of the potential to get more and not have it cannibalize other giving. And we see lots of examples of this. And 2020 was full of them. So it's just not true. And as soon as you release yourself from this fear of competition and this scarcity mentality, it opens up all kinds of opportunities to engage and to re-engage. Donors aren't tired of giving, but that doesn't mean they're not tired of your message. In commercial marketing, we never think about, you know, how infrequently should we message? We know we're going to maximize frequency. We also know that we buy that frequency with quality. That means not making it transactional. It probably means it's not always a financial ask, but the key is, I think there's a lot more opportunity to engage more often. Now, if you want to be cynical about it, your supporters are going to be giving on Giving Tuesday. Are you going to sit on the sidelines while that happens? I love it. That's great. So uh, I'm running a nonprofit. How many, how many emails should I send? As many as you can be interesting in. It really, we need to change the, this, this thought process from the, what is the frequency to what is the quality? So it means segmentation. It means thinking about what matters to your donors. It means engaging them in a conversation and it means giving them multiple ways, multiple touch points. That's one of the ways to, to deal with this fear of donor fatigue is to talk to your donors about what they care about and give them other things that they can do. It's really interesting on Giving Tuesday in the US, the most common behavior is donating money but only donating money is the least common behavior. And when we look at people's giving behavior all across the world, it's very, very rare to find givers who only give one way. And yet most of our engagement is only transactional, only about the money. So open up how you talk, what you're talking about, and the ways that people can support you and feel part of your mission. That's a big answer to this donor fatigue fear. Uh, another data point from um, Giving Tuesday's look back report at 2020 showed that there was an increased number of charities dropping out of fundraising. Isn't that a cause for concern? Yeah, it, it really is. And it was a, a driver of, of results. And 
we're going to do a deep dive into um, organization dropout, as we're calling it. Um, there's a number of factors, and they're not they intersect a lot. So it's a, there's a lot of nuance in all of that. Nevertheless, we we saw this spike in 2020, and and it's concerning that in many ways it's continuing in 2021. Organizations that were not fundraising for whatever reason at the end of 2020 are, are unlikely, less likely to be back in 2021 so far. This is a problem. It's an indicator that we might be seeing some organization failure. Um, and we also know that there is some concern or unwillingness to be active, which is really misplaced. What we saw throughout 2020 is that the people who were most concerned about what was going on in their communities, be it COVID or, or social justice, were more likely to take generous action. We need to recognize that our job is to give them the opportunity to have agency over the things that, they, that concern them, rather than seeing our engagement as some unwelcome solicitation. Lots of business models were disrupted in 2020, lots of challenges, and that rising tide in 2020 did not lift all boats. So there's a number of things that have been outside organizations control that are contributing to this, but don't compound that with a lack of action. How did 2020 Giving Tuesday differ from previous years? And how do you think 2021 will differ from those years? Uh, a couple of, th I mean, so first of all, biggest year ever in terms of donations. Um, and, and again, like really indicative, people were being asked a lot. People were, were, there was a lot of crisis, a lot of giving in the lead up to Giving Tuesday 2020. As in other years where there's been a lot of giving for, for example, natural disasters in advance, rather than that being a suppressing factor on giving on Giving Tuesday or beyond, it's the opposite. Giving begets giving, and the people who give are more likely to give again. It's not the other way around. And so in the lead up to Giving Tuesday, there was a lot of fear that all of the generous activity would result in a down Giving Tuesday and December. That's obviously not what happened. Nearly two and a half million dollars, sorry, billion dollars was, was donated by Americans in that 24 hours. Uh, in addition, 33 million people in the U.S. participated. Um, we did see a, a drop in the percentage of people who volunteered. And I think that was just a factor of the, the pandemic, really meaning a lot of events canceled, not a lot of in-person stuff going on. So um, the other key thing that we saw in 2020 that was a big shift was the discourse. And for a variety of reasons, some of which I think were misplaced fear of solicitation, but for a variety of reasons, the, the, the dominant theme in the discourse around Giving Tuesday, and this started before Giving Tuesday now in May, were, was community. That's, that is what people were talking about. And so in previous years, the dominant theme is donation. 2020, that wasn't the case. And that seems to continue. And I think this is great because we've been saying for a long time that the best practice is to talk to people about the things that they care about and that the quote unquote solicitation should be kind of layered on top of that. That happened in 2020. We got a great result. That seems to be continuing. And I think it will continue that this is going to be a much more um, emo emotions and impact connected conversation about what matters to people instead of this transactional engagement. I really hope that that's the case. I think that will continue. 
it's very difficult to say where we'll be in terms of donations. I will say that at this point, although the indicators are fairly positive, they're also a little bit mixed. And I'm just talking about across the sector as a whole, our Q2 uh, fundraising effectiveness project report really shows, you know, it's, we're sort of holding solid and there's some good news in there, but it's not stellar and there's definitely risk. The other thing is 2020 broke all the models. So we look at indicators and they don't necessarily indicate the thing that that would have indicated in 2019. What does that mean? I, I don't know. I mean, again, a lot of activity. We're trending on Twitter a lot earlier. We're hearing about a lot of great creativity. So I think the positive, there's a lot of positive indicators. Can't say exactly where we'll end up on donations. I do predict we'll see many, many more Americans volunteering again this year as there will be more opportunities to do that. Since we're on the topic of predictions, um, Whole Whale predicted, they, they usually put out a, a prediction every year on how much Giving Tuesday is going to raise. Last year, they predicted, uh, I think it was over two, uh, close to two billion and it, it crossed two billion. Um, and they're actually usually a little conservative, it sounds like, over the last year, few years since they've predicted. Um, this year, they predict over $3 billion, which would be another record. Is that, does that sound in the ballpark? I mean, I, prior to 2020, I avoided predictions. And I'll tell you, that the, there is so much volatility in the marketplace. It's certainly well within the realm of possibility that we'll see that kind of day. No question, it's possible. Um, it's also though important to recognize that 2020 was an aberration. Um, it was it really stood out as as unique, uh, and we are returning to baseline in a number of ways. Seasonality is a little bit more like what it used to look like. Um, the some of the trends have normalized uh, across causes. So yes, it's possible we'll see that kind of growth on last year, but it's also possible we'll be back more to a sort of a normalized baseline and that 2020 will emerge as this really unique moment because of everything that was going on in the marketplace at the time. What happens the first time that Giving Tuesday doesn't surpass the previous year? Will people become more pessimistic? I mean, maybe. We don't worry about that too much. Um, you know, Giving Tuesday is about building capacity, motivating generosity, and and understanding how we come together as communities to give in lots of ways, including but not exclusively donating money to nonprofits. I think it's great that we get this big boost in, in donations, but frankly, the behavior change that we measure in the people who engage and the change in practice of the sector and engaging support is actually much more important to us. Woodrow, anything else that nonprofits should know about Giving Tuesday who might not be familiar with it or doing their, their first uh, event this year? Yeah, I think that um, Giving Tuesday is this interesting dichotomy between like do what's within your capacity. Don't, it's not about you have to roll out a whole extra campaign. And, and, and in fact, it's best practice to think about how your communications on Giving Tuesday fit into a broader engagement with your donors over the course of the year and certainly the course of the, you know, the rest of December. So do what, what you can, that's enough. Learn from it, iterate, get better every year. It's a great moment to try something new, to drive more acquisition, to focus on thanking donors, to really, to just be expressive of what your organization's role is. At the same time, don't be afraid to succeed. We, 
right? Set an ambitious goal, communicate that, inspire your supporters to do more for you and to exceed the usual. Uh, use it as a stepping stone. And remember, it's the opening day of the giving season. Um, it really sets the tone for the rest of, the, of December, but um, it it is the beginning. It's not it's not the only moment that you have to engage. Great. Woodrow Rosenbaum, Chief Data Officer at Giving Tuesday. Thanks so much for your time today. Good luck. Thanks. Good luck. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure. That's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share the Fresh Research link on Twitter or Facebook to be eligible to win something from the NPT Library. You can also share on social media with the hashtag Fresh Research. And if you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Fresh Research, a podcast from the nonprofit Times, spotlighting research and trends in the philanthropic sector. Until next time, keep up with us at thenonprofittimes.com for all your nonprofit news. Thank you.